everyone and welcome to Mornings with Marit. It looks like we're starting to collect a crew here as we get started. Um, today I'd actually like to welcome Adam Crumrine with us. He's the Director of Analytics for Intel Agents, which is obviously a crew that we're working with um, up in Ohio. Welcome, Adam. Thank you. <laughs> Happy to have you. He said today's his second day in the actual office, so um, adjusting to a new thing there, is it? <laughs> What's that like? Uh, it's actually pretty nice. I don't know. You can see the view behind me. I don't get this at my own home, so uh, it's nice to be in here, plus the nice weather. So. Yeah, good, good. Well, um, weirdly enough, it's chilly in Texas, if you can imagine that. Um, this morning I got up and it was 54 degrees, so um, my sister lives in Denver and they had snow yesterday and it was 100 degrees on Saturday, so at least we don't have that big a swing, but Anyway, welcome to everybody. Welcome, Adam. I know we're going to cover quite a few things today. Um, obviously, today we're talking about how do you know you're winning and um, providing some context for you guys on that. And remember that you can go back and watch any of these presentations. They're all available um, at iit.org slash marit. So if there's prior programs that you missed and you want to go back and watch, you're welcome to do that as well. Um, and you can also follow us on Facebook. So if you haven't joined our crew on Facebook, please go look for us and we'll add you to the team where there's a little bit of conversation that goes on here and there, which is kind of fun to get ideas from you guys and um, keep, keep working it that way. So today we're going to do something a little bit different. And those of you who have worked with me before have done some of this texting. And so we're going to try this out. It's a little strange to do without, <laughs> without being able to see you, but I'm going to have you go ahead and pull open your um, cell phones or your smartphones, and I'm going to have you text to the phone number 37607, and um, you're going to type in the word WIN21 and hit send, and that should actually get you, so Matt, or Adam and Matt, why don't you do it with me too so you can give me a heads up that it works. So you're just going to text in WIN21, hit send, and you should get a um, text back for me that confirms that you're in our poll. So Adam, when you tell me it works, we'll probably go ahead and move along. Yep, it worked. Okay, great. I hope you'll participate too. So. Um, We'll give this a shot and see how it works. So the, the first question is super important, and so I hope you're all ready to do this, and that is, um, you know, who will win the NFL game tonight? I thought maybe that would be a first one to get started. So if you think that uh, the Chiefs will win, type in A and hit send. If it's B, Texans, B, um, C, I'm not watching. <laughs> oh, no, we've got some I not, I'm not watchers. Uh, I will tell you that I met with a crew this morning and I pulled out a poll that they did back in uh, in June and the question was, will the NFL start on time? And 87% of them said no. So it was funny to have a call with them today on the first day of NFL and I told them I'm not sure if they are great um, planners as far as I'm concerned since uh, they got it wrong. Uh, only 13% of them got it right. Great. So this was just testing it out. Looks like not very many people are watching football tonight. Nobody's a Texas fan, so I'm really curious about that at this point. Or we just believe the Chiefs are going to win, so I'm excited about that. All right. So we're going to move on to the next question then, which is when you think about winning, um, what does that mean to you? And try and type it in in one word. Um, if it's more than one word, hyphenate it so it's, it stays together. 
Um, but when you think about your organization or your team winning, what are the things that come to mind for you in that regard? And let's see what we get that pops up here. And the way this works is if you like somebody else's word, you can type it in again and it gets a little bit bigger. So you don't have to just answer once. Um, and what are some terms that you guys think of when you think about um, success? So in here, we've got profitability, profit, happiness. That's good. Um, achievement, referrals. Yeah, that's a great one, right? That that's a good metric for thinking about winning that people would say, I'll refer you. Um, I almost put a slide in here today talking about delivering happiness and and what that looks like and how do you measure it. And as we know, that's really tied to a higher purpose. So I'm going to talk a little bit about that today as well. So looks like growth is a big one now that's that's dropped in. That's what success looks like, profitability and so forth. Good. All right. Well, I'm going to move us along and jump into the next next slide. And what I want to talk about, which is going to sound super counterintuitive <laughs> to the whole point of having this presentation today, um, because today we are going to talk about benchmarking and measurements and so forth. But when I think about a winning culture, and, and many of you have heard Simon Sinek speak, and this is one of his conversations, is, you know, what's the difference between a finite organization and an infinite organization? And a finite culture is one that's constantly keeping score with other people. And so that sounds like I said, we're going to talk about benchmarking. So why bother then if all it's going to do is create frustration? But we will talk about why if there's still value to it. What we want to do, though, is create organizations that are infinite, right? So they score against themselves. Um, you are your own and individually you can do it. You know, I'm my own company, um, but we're striving every day as organizations to be better at today than I was yesterday, next week than I was last week, next year from the year prior. And of course, you can't know that without putting measurements in place and starting to track it. And it's interesting to me sometimes when I'm working with agencies, they'll say, well, I don't know where we are today. And I say, well, good. Then the first year should be about baselining it being able to figure out what it is. And then they say, well, I'm not sure what the targets will be. Well, maybe the target is just I'm better at <laughs> continuous improvement. And, and you guys have all heard me talk about continuous improvement from that standpoint. And it's a long journey, right? So um, in fact, I think he uses a, an ex example when he's talking about it. he went to a Google conference and they're talking about where the future is and what can we do and how do we innovate. And he went to a Microsoft conference and all they're talking about is what's Google doing, <laughs> which has got to be completely frustrating because you're never going to beat the guy who's always a little bit ahead of you. So why don't you get focused on what it is that you value and getting better every single day as an organization? So one of the things that I talk about, and, and I think we get a little bit sometimes hung up on metrics and you know, we start to say these are our dashboards and these are our KPIs or our key performance indicators. Um, and they get really serious and they get objective. And, and many of you who've been in uh, management programs with me know that we talk about that because it's important. Um, but yet I'm reminded that it's really important that with, with our staff that we sit down and make sure that they know why their job matters. Um, and it's really the why behind it. And, and we think sometimes, well, they should know, and especially in the insurance industry. I mean, if there's any business that you could easily drill down and say, why does your job matter? I mean, we matter when there's a claim, 
right? So, I mean, obviously we just had Hurricane Laura. Um, we have COVID issues that are going on. Um, our job matters when we can respond to, to an unexpected issue with our clients and save the day. But it's amazing to me how many times our staff doesn't realize, we don't talk about it, we don't celebrate that. Um, many of you have actually heard me talk about the fact that when you do bonuses, try and do it around a crisis. You guys stepped up. You did amazing things. That's tied to a higher purpose rather than sort of a, this is a quarterly or an annual process. Uh, but I encourage you, if you go back and work with your staff on some of these things right now, and, and I am hearing from folks that part of the challenge today, especially if you're not working in and out of the office together, even if you're in the office, you're not close to each other, right? Adam, you're in your office, but I'm guessing you're looking through a window to see other people, not necessarily all right on top of each other. Is that with a fair depiction of what you're looking at today in your office? Yes, it's very fair. People keep walking by and tapping on my glass, like I'm in the zoo, but yes. It's like being a zoo animal. Like we can, we can put a little camera in there and say, let's, let's watch Adam today. Um, but, but what I do recommend is that you sit down and really think even for yourself, what did I do today that's impacted someone's life positively? Or even better, when you start each morning, what can I do today to have an impact? Um, and I would ask your employees, how do you know you did a great job today? Um, is it that you answered questions? Is that you made somebody smile? Is that you made something easier for somebody that they are going through a crisis? Um, and those metrics are just as important as being able to say, well, these are your attention metrics or these are your growth metrics. In fact, these probably are more meaningful because they feed your soul. Um, and so I think sometimes, you know, Adam, I don't, you live in the data analytics world. I don't know how often you guys talk about this kind of stuff in regards to sort of the softer um, wins in an organization. Can you comment on that a little bit? Yeah, I think just the, kind of to your point, the, the place I live is more of the black and white. And so the softer side is, um, you know, probably something that doesn't get as much attention as it probably should, um, because I, I think to your point, it drives better performance. Um, and I think it's something that, um, you know, companies should focus more on. So. Yeah, and you know, it's it's funny. You can set a metric. I think there's there's even a story about airlines, right? And that you know, one of their key metrics is on time departures. And the whole reason that you set that metric is for customer satisfaction, right? It's like it makes sense that we would want to leave on time. Um, and they define on time, like when you depart, is when the front door closes on the airplane. So guess what happens? People close the door. They get stuck on the tarmac. They don't want to open the door because that changes their on-time departure metrics and you suddenly have a dissatisfier. So it's interesting sometimes to think about, you know, what impact do we have? But if you walk away with nothing else today, which I hope you walk away with quite a bit of things, I hope what you'll do is, is think about taking time with your employees and yourself personally say, how do I know I did a great job? How do I measure my own success that's not maybe exactly the sales numbers and the retention numbers, but the impact that you're having on people every day in their lives in the work that you do. So we, we talk about working in the business and that's kind of what I'm talking about right now. Today I want to spend also some time talking about working on the business. 
And, you know, there's times we've got to sort of pull out of it, get at the 30,000 foot level, look down and say, how are we doing? Are we getting better or worse? Why or why not? And and then build on that and, and try and grow and figure out why it's not working and solve it. Or it is working, so let's keep compounding that. Um, one of my favorite new books that I've been reading is called Atomic Habits. And they talk about how if you just do something 1% better every day, it doesn't feel like a lot of movement. And then all of a sudden one day it's like this exponential change that's happened. And so creating these habits that are about systems and processes actually sometimes has more impact than saying, here's the goal that we're shooting for. And so even in the metrics we're talking about, when you start to think about winning, it's the little habits. It's the what's 1% better every day I can do that in the long run will show up. In fact, I was working with somebody the other day as a producer and, and somebody said, well, he's an overnight success 19 years. <laughs> um, and the reality is, is he just did incremental activity year over year over year and suddenly he's a million dollar producer. It didn't show up overnight, but suddenly it's like he had like two years in a row that were rock star years. It didn't happen just by happenstance. It happened because he laid the foundation, built the habits in place, and now they're starting to work. It might not have been 19 years. It might have been 10. But either way, it was a long time coming, and he could have quit a long time before that, and he did not. So if comparison equals frustration, then why benchmark? What's the actual value behind that? Before I comment on it, I'd actually like you all's input on this. So if you could maybe text in and say, why, why bother benchmarking? What's the point, the purpose, the value, or isn't there value to benchmarking when you start to look at metrics? Let's see what you guys have here. Good. So we've got things about striving, learning, awareness, improvement. Good. So like I said, if you like words that are put in here, type them again. again. Yeah, so, so when I think about metrics, I really do think about it, it's not just about um, are we doing the best, right, or winning, so to speak, but it's what's happening? Am I getting better year over year? Um, and so it, what I encourage you to think about with the benchmarking tools we're going to be offering is, A, what, how do I compare to others, but then how do I make sure that I just have the right tools that baseline it for myself? Um, so that we can put together strategies to improve year over year, quarter over quarter. Um, and I like the idea of thinking about learning because what you do is you find outliers and you're like, what are you guys doing that may be different, right? And I like that somebody says measurable change. I think there's, there's nothing more frustrating to me than a team feeling like, well, I think we're getting better, but we never measured it to begin with. So we don't know how much better we are. And, and I will tell you the first time you go through a, a measurement um, exercise, it's a little bit scary. If you've never done like an engagement survey for your employees, if you've never really measured retention in certain areas of your book of business, the first time you do it, if it's not part of your culture, um, it can be a little bit daunting 
um, Adam, you might be able to talk a little bit about what it feels like when pe people think, well, what if my numbers aren't good? <laughs> uh, and, and how that can actually be a fear factor for jumping in and, and doing some of these metrics and data analytics. Can you talk a little bit about that? Yeah, that's, I mean, that's actually been a huge part of my career in, in the analytics space is people that don't measure things. Um, a lot of times they don't play out the way they think they're going to. I mean, I think, you know, overall people have a general understanding of their business, but when you start to dig down and maybe what some of the factors that are driving that, I think it surprises people sometimes. And, you know, it can surprise them on the positive side, but managing it when it surprises them on the negative side is kind of an interesting conversation. So, yeah. but, but, you know, you get, you get over that first hurdle and then everything from there is downhill, right? Cause you know exactly where you stand and, and, the, the goal you're trying to achieve so yeah and, and really you know it's even funny with like employee engagement people will say well I, what if people say bad stuff you're like well what if they say bad stuff and you don't know <laughs> or what if it's not good and you don't know and you can't solve it and then the big piece is then obviously drilling into and understanding why it's happening to your point right so solving the root cause of the issue not just saying, well, that's a symptom. If, if that works, we'll make it work. So um, when I think about metrics, one of the comments that, I'll, that I do think about is it, that not all metrics are created equal. So, and I'll use, for example, one in um, like the best practices study that's out there, which is revenue per employee. Well, I've got an agency that's a nice large agency in a rural area, and he doesn't care what his revenue per employee is. It, it, it's, it's not labor that's super expensive. He, it means he can beef it up and provide more quality service to his um, clients. And so to him, that metric is, it doesn't matter. It's irrelevant. He's not trying to, to drive in a super, super high level of, of productivity and operational excellence. He's looking for customer intimacy. So when I think about metrics, I think it's really critical as an organization that you think about what's important to me. What are our values? What, are, what culture are we trying to establish? And what are we trying to reward? Um, and I certainly wouldn't give all of them. So I, th I thought I'd put an example here, for instance, of agencies that are focused on retention. So customer service, they may be looking at a net promoter score. So that remember, that's the on a, on a scale of one to 10, how likely are you to refer us to a colleague or friend um, for service, right? So that's your net promoter score or your customer satisfaction scores or your retention rates, obviously. Um, some of you struggle with being able to get that out of your agency management system. So sometimes I'll have a, an agency pick their top three carriers or five carriers and get those metrics and say that should be an indication of what's happening. So if you're struggling getting your retention metrics, that's a, that's a good one to have. Um, also, you know, problem resolution rate, like how many problems can come in? There's actually a score out there called the client the customer effort score. <laughs> How hard was it to get a problem resolved? And are you getting that those data points put in place? Um, are you, um, how many calls are you handling every day? What's your claims turnaround? That's a great one to be measuring um, because obviously we lose clients because of claims experiences. So being able to study that is important. Um, if you're looking for a fun tool for tracking customer satisfaction, there's one called Hively. H-I-V-E-L-Y, 
Um, look that up. It's a fun, it's kind of creates that sort of happy face, sad face, frowny face, and like neutral face at the bottom of your emails. It says, how did we do today? Um, so that's a fun way for agencies to sort of get some data. And But the important part is you get buy-in, your staff gets behind it, gets excited, and it's not about, it's not for punitive reasons. It's really to celebrate successes or to learn, hey, some area we're not doing so great in. So if you're focused on retention, on the left here, you might have those, where if you're focused on growth, you might be talking more about your sales process, right, and your close ratio, and how big is your average size um, account, and the number of referrals, and so forth. Um, you may also touch on customer satisfaction. Um, there's no point. I always say if your retention doesn't work, then sales don't matter because <laughs> it's just a spinning wheel. Um, and if everything you bring in the door is going out the back because you haven't paid attention to it, it certainly does make a difference. And a big one here is percentage of cross-sold accounts. Um, obviously, that's on both sides of the equation. As we know, the, the more you have uh, cross-sold, um, the higher likelihood that those will stay in place for a longer period of time and retention tends to be driven forth. So you really do need to think about your own organization, your own goals, um, and build your metrics around that. The other thing that I'm going to talk about is make sure that you're careful about your your metrics and your goals. Um, you know, I always think, try and put on my naughty seventh grade hat um, when I get done with a set of goals to say, who's going to try and rig this? <laughs> we all know how to make our goals work, right? But what are the unintended consequences? You know, so if you have a real focus on speed in your organization and productivity, you might end up having to make sure you have a, a metric in there that's about quality checking, right? So, you know, on policy check-ins, how many errors are there? Or if you're really about quality, then you might suffer a little bit on productivity and speed. So there's always this balancing act of how do I, what is healthy for this organization? And, and maybe the first step when you're talking to your teams is beginning with what does winning look like, A, and then what does a healthy organization look like? If we, what's happening? Are we, we're selling, we're growing, we're keeping people, Okay, what can we measure that's meaningful? And then how do we celebrate those successes as we go? So um, it's important to choose the right KPIs um, as key performance indicators. And, and what I also over on the far right we talk about is let's make sure they're actionable, um, they're proactive, they're measurable, they're timely, and they actually do impact your bottom line. So if you're measuring something and there is nothing you can do about it. Um, I would highly, I would challenge highly why you're putting the effort to measuring it um, if there's no decision that's being made. So one of the questions I might recommend you say when you get done with your KPIs is, based on what information we get, can I make a decision about it? What decisions are we making based on whether it, the number goes up or down? Um, is it giving us indications of what will happen later? as opposed to it already happened and I'm just looking behind in my rear view mirror and saying, well, that was an interesting piece, but it didn't tell me, I didn't know it was about to happen to me. That's where I talk about lagging versus leading indicators. Um, and so those are questions that I would certainly ask my team. How do we know we're winning? If those metrics, if we measure this, can we change habits? What does it tell us about ourselves? And um, can we actually pivot? And what decisions can I make based on that data? So um, when we think about your KPIs, um, 
first of all, what I would say is here in this slide, it says don't have more than eight to 10. I would probably say four to five. Um, and if you've never really done it before, choose three, two or three that your staff is excited about. Um, and it, to me, it's all about the team buying into it and saying, what are we going to measure this year? What does winning mean? What does excellence look like? How do we track that? And then focus on those things and reinforce and grow from there. But if it just becomes a reporting mechanism that's super flat and boring and not actionable, or it's really hard to measure it, you will lose people. Um, there's no point in having metrics about winning when the team isn't excited about getting it and celebrating it, right? So that's really a key part when I think about it. So the other piece is, is you want to make sure your data is right and it's trusted and you can count on what you're getting. So one of the things, for instance, we get asked all the time, as you many of you know, we're trying to finish, trying to finish a compensation study. <laughs> Everyone keeps asking us for what, what do people get paid here? What do compensation models look like? But I still don't have enough data to be statistically valid. So if you guys haven't finished that, we will be sending out links today to those of you who are attending to check in and please provide that information because they're that it's one of the most important in pieces of information. And I bring it up on this slide because if we were to report out something that's not statistically valid, then it's not trusted data. You're, you're making decisions for your organization that's not based on a large enough group of the population for it to be meaningful um, that you can actually make measurable decisions on that. So we've partnered with Intel agents. Um, if you have not heard of Intel agents before, obviously Adam's joining us today. He's his, the director of analytics. When he told me his title, I said I would never, ever be named that title, ever. <laughs> I'm not a great analytic person. Um, I, I try and look in broad strokes here a little bit. But um, Intel Agents is actually a company owned by and was developed by the State Association for Ohio, and there's about seven or other eight state associations that have joined in and own it. We use their services. We're not one of the owners, but we definitely, they're our friends. They're part of the Big Eye family, um, and so we've decided to keep that in the family and start to learn and get better as associations and help our members get stronger. So, Adam, you want to talk a little bit about this report that we are going to be launching this fall here in Texas? Yeah, so um, the RISE report is um, stands for Relevant um, Insights for Strategic Execution. Um, and basically what it does is you'll go through and fill out a, a questionnaire or a profile. It takes about 30 to 45 minutes to fill out um, the first time. Um, and then within you know a week or two, you, it'll generate this 25-page report for you. And this report um, provides you with a number of insights in kind of eight different categories, if you will. So I think, Mara, on your next slide. Yeah, right? so I think the next slide kind of talks about how many people are in it versus the best practices, if you want to talk about that for a minute. And then we'll get into the actual criteria inside the RISE report. Yeah, absolutely. So our, we actually have a pretty deep penetration rate, as Mara mentioned. You know, we've partnered with state associations across the country. We have seven investor states and an additional five states um, that are what we consider subscriber states, of which um, Texas is one of them. So in total, we represent roughly 20,000 um, agencies across um, the entire footprint. 
6,000 of which we actually have multiple years worth of sales data on. So we can do things like growth trending um, and um, looking at you know, the time frame and the, and the composure of those agencies across different states. Um, so that's our penetration rate. Um, if you think about that in comparison to best practices, which you guys might be familiar with, um, you know, best practices highly revered in the industry. Um, it's been noted, I don't I think for decades probably, um, but they really focus on larger agencies um, and their bottom tier category of commissions actually is about 80% of the agencies that we represent. So um, when you look at their footprint of 267, um, agencies, yes, they have, you know, the breadth across the United States, but in comparison to 6,000 agencies, you can see that um, we have a lot more ability to get a little bit more granular on the insights that we provide, especially for those mid to small tier agencies that best practices maybe can't get to. Yeah, and good point on that, Adam. Even I think people are surprised when they learn that, you know, 80% of our member agencies are, you know, less than eight employees, something like that. And like 95% of them are less than 20 employees. They're, they're just, we tend to be small business in America. We have lots of bigger ones as well, but what we wanna do is make sure that we're providing relevant insights to the, especially the smaller ones. Um, but that doesn't mean that the larger ones won't get a lot of value from this because you'll actually have a larger volume of agencies to reference against versus, um, this. So hopefully it becomes something that people will use on a, a, a annual basis for their planning in helping them identify where they should grow um, and focus on things. And so Adam, here's sort of a list that you guys have of what's in the RISE report. Yeah, so in, this is where the kind of relevant um, insights comes into play. So, you know, Mart um, asked a couple slides ago about benchmarking. So, so we benchmark against four different areas. We benchmark um, your agency against the state overall, um, the region. So we break, most states are broken down into four to five regions um, based on uh, population densities. Um, so, you know, we can, we'll benchmark you against your region within the state, um, the size of your agency based on premium volume. So you make sure that you're, you're grouped with somebody who's of a, a, a like size to you. Um, and pure agencies. So um, trying to compare you to steady, organic, growth, growing agencies, and we'll probably talk a little bit about that in the, in the next slide. But um, but the topics that these are the eight topics that are covered in the Rise Report. So we talk about product line mix. So at a high level, are you more highly concentrated? Uh, is your property and casualty more highly concentrated in commercial lines versus personal lines? And what type of um, profit margin does that drive at least at the product level for you um, carrier influence like who are your biggest carriers um, what percentage of the market share in the state do, does your book of business represent and how can you uh, influence decisions with your carriers uh, based on those metrics um, growth indicators are you um, growing with acquisition are you growing organically stead steadily or are you growing fast um, or are you one of those heavy hitters who's growing double digits every year? Um, and then obviously, you know, there, we do have a, a fraction of agencies that fall into that declining category. So if you are in that declining category, how can you get yourself up to um, steady organic growth? Um, productivity scores, staff, 
generational health, weighted shareholder age, staff compensation. All of those sections are really centered around what's provided in the salary survey that Mark mentioned. So that's why that salary survey is so critical for participation is that we collect things um, like, you know, your the ages of your employees, what roles they play within the agency, what their what their salary and compensation mix looks like, um, what benefits does your agency offer? Um, Mart, I don't know if you want to go through this or if you want me to. No, I mean, I think it will get the point of it and the concept really with, and in fact, what we're going to talk about is in two weeks, Adams, Adam and Carrie are going to do a deep dive for folks on how to actually go in and fill all this information out. The compensation studies open, the RISE report will open up as well, but but the concept is, is until we get the depth of knowledge in here to baseline it, it's hard for us to then provide back meaningful insights for you and our goal this this fall is to bring you that information so that you can make smart decisions going into 2020 and especially with COVID happening what did you look like at 2019 at the end of that fiscal year compared to the end of 2020 and then follow your trends through and I think if there's any time um, ever Getting your metrics identified and figure out as an organization what winning means is really critical because it is a tough time in our economy, in our industry. We don't, still don't know the total impact that we're going to have, um, but things like this are going to be the ones that I think make a difference. And as far as the compensation piece, how are you sure that you're competitive and you're attracting and retaining the best people? Would that be fair to think about it that way, Adam? Yeah, I mean that's that's what that's the behavior that we want to drive with the compensation report is just helping you understand where where you lie and um, yeah, making sure that you can uh, retain and attract um, good talent. So. Great, good. And then here you've got sort of just a picture of what the reports look like, so you can kind of see that it talks about the high level piece, it talks about your agency specifically, and then on the far left here you can see an example of where you are versus you know, the state versus the region, the size, and then the growth sizes. So really a meaty report that I think anybody can take and benefit from that standpoint. Yeah, I think um, one thing to that, Mara, if, uh, if you go back a slide, it, the, the one thing that we are able to do at Intel Agents versus what maybe is provided in a best practices report is that that gray area in the middle, it's really tailored specifically to your agency. So that verbiage, Whatever's written in there is specific to the insight um, for your agency against the benchmark, which is slightly different than um, how best practice compiles their report. So, Great. Good. Good. So, you know, when we think about winning, we also have to be aware about what our risks are, right? And so, you know, the list here are sort of things that we hope that people will be focusing on, whether it's the health of their book or their carrier concentration or your growth. Um, or sales and marketing, or your technology, um, those are all areas that this fall we'd like people to be thinking about strategically, come up with good plans. We're going to help you with it. Um, we'll talk about what that is, and then the goal will be then that you are then in a position to empower your staff, to look at processes, to understand data, to do training where appropriate, um, celebrate by displaying progress, and, and, and then sharing insights so people get better. Um, because we know the agent of the future is going to combine both relationships and data and technology in order to truly grow. 
So with that, what I might want to ask is, I know we've gone through a lot of information this morning, is what metrics um, are important to you as an agency when you think about um, winning or measuring from a standpoint of what you need in order to benchmark or um, be in a position that you can make good decisions with your team and feel like you're focused on success. So we might have you guys go ahead and text in again here. Yeah, retention's a big one, and as, as we've talked about, if we don't get that right, then it feels like a lot of the other stuff doesn't really um, matter. Yeah, good. I like referrals, um, definitely, because what that tells us is, you know, that's sort of a good indicator of how strong your your brand and your reputation is. Uh, margin, obviously, is key. Uh, I like workload in there. That obviously tells us what's going on there and how we measure that piece. Um, hit ratio. Um, if you any of you watched our presentation that we did on compensation a couple weeks ago, understanding your hit ratio not just at from a here's the proposal did I bind it but all the way walking that back what's your hit ratio from a phone call to making an appointment what's your ratio from appointment to an actual get a proposal um, and when you learn that you can get those habits in place for your producers as to how much volume of activity needs to happen in order to drive the right end result so good thank you those are great ones that we can focus on and I think the rise report will certainly help in some of these areas um, and then also establish you for, you know, for future measurement and so forth. So thank you for participating in that. Um, so we definitely want you to go back. Um, if you, as you remember, it's not just about the metrics, but if you can go back and work with your teams and take 15 minutes out of a staff meeting in the next week and say, what does winning mean for us? You know, why do, why do our jobs matter? How do we know at the end of the day that we were successful? We'll have some key metrics that we're measuring this next year, whether they're, they're first-time measurements or ones we always have and we're going to set goals. But it's also about the meaningfulness of the in-the-business work that we do every day that really makes a difference. So um, next steps. So we have a, a workshop two weeks from today on September 24th. We will send out a link for it um, that, that Adam and Carrie are going to actually deep dive. We call, we're calling it the rise to the challenge, you know, how data can drive new value for your agency. Um, Adam, can you talk through what that workshop's going to look like? And before you do that, I will comment that the first 250 agencies that complete this, we at IIT will pay for your report, which is a $500 value um, if you're a member of the IIT um, association. So it's something that we really feel is important. We're investing in it for you, and we want to make sure you've got some really meaningful information to help you start off 21 on the right foot. So Adam, we're going to be sending some information out. What is it that we're going to be sending, and what can people expect in two weeks? Yeah, so what we'll be sending out is kind of you know what, what you get 
from putting the rise together. So those eight areas, we kind of outlined that in a little bit more detail for you. Um, we will send out a link to a YouTube uh, video on how to log into your profile and fill out um, the information that you need to fill out. Um, and then we'll also send out some uh, a deck that basically has screenshots of what the profile looks like so you can prepare ahead of time, um, sit down with, the, with your materials ahead of time um, and be able to fill that out fairly quickly. Um, what you can expect um, in a couple weeks, I think, is, is a deep dive, as Marit said, into the RISE report. Um, you know, in order to effectively use the report, you have to understand it. So I think what Carrie and I will be doing is going through that report in detail and explaining um, the purpose of the, the insight and, you know, maybe some key actions you can take from, from using the report. So Great. Good, and, and our goal is to really have this information rolled up by the mid to late October um, so that for our RISE, our small agency and um, RISE summit that we're going to be doing that's a virtual conference, people will have their report and then you can come to that um, conference and sign up for different webinars that target different areas within the RISE report so you can end up with good meaty um, interaction with either agents and or experts who say these are the things that you can do to move the needle um, from one place to another. So Adam, I want to thank you for your time today and, and you and Carrie and your whole crew because you put a lot of work into helping us out, um, help our members be stronger, um, help them make better decisions and, and we'll keep, this is going to be a journey, this isn't an overnight thing. Um, but it's going to take time and we hope it continues to grow. So I do want to thank you for your time, Adam. Yeah, thank you for having me. Uh, um, we appreciate it. Great. So uh, my next morning is with Marit, which will be um, the second Thursday of the month. Am I going to do a program called Employee Engagement in a Remote and Never Normal World? So you guys hear people say, what's the new normal? We've decided, um, we've heard the term never normal, <laughs> so we're going to go with that. Um, it's feedback we've gotten from a lot of people that, you know, now you're sort of in between worlds of virtual and remote and how do you still be purposeful and engage people. Um, it's also a time and season of, of celebration and gratitude and holidays. And so how do we make sure that it feels like a really strong finish to the year, preparing for next year. Um, and so I hope you'll join us for that program as well. And with that, I'd just like to thank everyone for listening, and I hope you'll join us on uh, Facebook if you haven't joined us before. And thank you so much for your time, and have a great day, everybody. Stay warm. We wouldn't have said that a month ago. <laughs> Bye. <laughs>